Well, we're back into the woe series. When God says woe, you better stop. Jude, the book of Jude. I'm not going to take the time to read all the ones we read last week, but we did uh, uh, read a few verses out of the book of Jude last week. But I want to read one verse tonight. We'll key on that and uh, give you this other woe that I have in my mind. Uh, Verse 11 says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainslaying of Korah. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for mercy and grace and love. And Father, we just ask you to touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us, Lord. Give us the words that we need to say. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We, we see in this verse, we see the progression of mankind, people's lives. Uh, they have gone. They, they said they have gone. They've gone out to the way of Cain. We, st- we talked about the way of Cain last week and uh, how there's no repentance and no forgiveness in the, in the way of Cain. And then they went, then they've gone out to that direction. Then they start picking up speed and they start running. They start running at the era of Balaam. And, and after that person has turned the wrong direction and ran in that direction, there's only one thing left that they can do, and that is that direction, that is to perish die. Can I say be careful the direction that you start out with because that is the direction you'll start running and that's the direction that you'll start dying in tonight. There's a reason why I want to go in the way of God. That is the way I want to perish in that one day in the way of God. I want to live and die for Jesus Christ on the battlefields the song says. We talk about woe means grief uh, anguish uh, affliction and trouble. When God puts a woe in your life, God is trying to tell you and trying to warn you to don't go that direction. There's problem down there. There's affliction and trouble down there. But most time we don't heed the word when God says, don't go, don't go that direction. We don't hear it. There's a saying that whichever way the tree leans, that's the way it falls. There are those that have the idea they can lean toward hell all their life and all of a sudden, poof, pop off and lean into heaven. That ain't right. You can't do that. I'm not talking about people getting born again. I, I believe you can get born and get saved on your deathbed. But I'm talking about those who lean their way to hell all their life and all of a sudden thinking all just a moment they're going to lean and go into heaven. God saves a soul. I've preached some funerals with people that have died, and I know their lifestyle. I know what they were, and and I could not preach them into heaven. I don't understand these people today that preaches people that know that live like hell and drunkards and dope addicts, but yet they'll preach them right into hell, right into heaven. I just preach to the congregation that's sitting there because... God's got them in their hand. I I thought it was interesting at the end of the New Testament, this man is named Balaam. It's mentioned three times towards the end of the book. He said, in the last days, church, those that believe that are called Christians will begin to run after the way of Balaam. What is it about the way this man Balaam that we're seeing? The church is running after today, running in that direction. The closer we get to the coming of the Christ, we see it to run more and more. Second Peter chapter 2, and in the book of Jude, and 
uh, it, it just mirrors each other. In fact, in, in chapter 2 of Peter, 2 Peter, it said, Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able to, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devices, fables, when we know unto you power coming in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may witness them. In verse 1, it says, uh, uh, second chapter, verse 1, it says, But there are false wit uh, prophets among the people, even as they shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, and denying the Lord that brought them, and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And they shall follow their pernicious ways they, by reasons of whom their way of truth shall be even, even spoke, evil spoken of. And through covenants they shall frame words, make merchandise for you. Those judged now have a long time in learning, and in their damnation slumber not. He said, even of people among God's people, he said, hey, they, they will be those spirit of Balaam that people will run after to. And then it's chapter, uh, chapter uh, 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 in Revelations, there's another talking about Balaam in Revelations. Revelations chapter 2, verse number 14. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast them, there are them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. The doctrine in the church is Balaam's spirit has affected the churches. Listen to me, they're, they're chosen we've gotten to uh, Christ coming back and to get into the uh, church things will get run faster and faster to the spirit of Balaam they're going out to the spirit of Balaam Jesus said in Matthew many will say in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in thy name have we name it cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them I never you knew depart from me ye that work iniquity there are people that literally are running in the direction that they think God is, but they are deceived today. They're receiving something that is not the Spirit of God. Amen. There are churches today that has a spirit about them, that has a look about them. It looks like the church. It acts like the church. But the Spirit of God is not there. It looks like the gospel, sounds like the gospel, but they deny the power of God thereof. There's a doctrine in the last days of that church that runs after the way of Balaam. So preaching on running after the way of Balaam tonight. That's what Jews said. They ran after and they ran greedily after. Balaam's spirit they used covenants to do what they needed to do in Peter. Paul said this in the last days for the last days they will not endure sound doctrine. Who are they? Paul said, they will not endure sound doctrine. Who are they? They are the church. That is the church. He's not talking to lost people there. He's talking to the church. They will not endure sound doctrine. That is the world today he's talking about. The world has never endured sound doctrine. Amen. It, it, it's, they won't sound doctrine as the church. He's talking about the church. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teaching and having itching ears. In other words, don't preach against what I'm doing. Uh, don't preach against my lifestyle. Don't preach about my sin. Uh, just preach something that I can grab a hold of and make me feel good about who I am. 
I don't want to feel bad about my lustful life. I don't want to feel bad about my drunken life. Don't preach against that. I want to be able to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. I'm telling you, we're in this generation that we're living in. There is a woe pronounced on the way of Balaam today. And it's a dangerous way. We need to warn the generation today. They're heading down the wrong path. They're going down to a path of trouble and and, and, uh, heartaches and trials. You better stop when God puts a woe in front of you. You better take the time to look and see what God has got to say for you. In order to find out more about Balaam, we need to go to Numbers chapter 22. Turn to Numbers chapter 22 with me. It won't be long tonight. I get excited when I start reading about the woes and looking at the things and seeing what God is trying to show us in our lives today. Can I, can I say this? Did you know Balaam is mentioned just as many times as Noah is mentioned in the Bible? Really? I, I, thought, that, I thought that was interesting. Why in the world would, why would the name of Balaam be mentioned as much as Noah? Now I got to thinking about it. I got to looking at it. So man, there's got to be a story there somehow. God would take some character in the Bible like Noah and he would hold him up. And he said, this is what I want you to be. This is how you should act. This is a Christian. This is a man that loves God and serves God. This is who you should follow. And he sets a pattern for every one of us, saying Noah is our pattern that we ought to live at. And also on the flip side of that, God would take somebody like Balaam and hold him up and says, now this is not the way you should be. You should not act this way or talk this way or walk this way. This is not who you should be. So God used characters in the Bible to give us insight on how we should live our lives, how we should talk, how we should walk. And he puts people in front of us that we can learn from. Amen. So he said, Balaam is not the man you want to learn after. He uses him an example. Chapter 22, verse number 6. Now, anytime anybody mentions Balaam, what do you think about? Donkey talking to Balaam. That's, that's, if we, we, you say Balaam, oh, that's the one that donkey talked to. That's all we know about him. We really don't know much more about him because we don't. That's just the one the donkey talked to. There's a whole lot more to that man than just the donkey talking to him. Amen. If he'd listened to the donkey, he might have had gotten his life right, but he didn't listen to the donkey. So verse six and twenty-two says, "Now come thee, I pray thee, curse me this people, for there are too many, too mighty for me." Peradventure I shall prevail that we may smite them, that I have may drive them out of the land. For I walked that them that thou blessed is blessed, and whom thou cursed is cursed. The king is calling Balaam to come and put a curse on God's people. He says, I want you to come and curse them people. So we see the course of Balaam tonight. There's a course of Balaam. He said, the elders of Moab and the elders of the Mennonites departed with the rewards of division in the hand, and they came unto Balaam and spake unto them the words of Balak. When you think you read about this, when you read about Balaam here, you think this is a good guy. He's talking to God. He's wanting to do what God is telling him to do. But not according to the Holy Ghost. He's not saying that. Balaam is a wolf in disguise. 
He's in sheep's clothing. He looks like what God's people ought to look like. But underneath there is a raging wolf wanting to devour and destroy everything of God. Verse 9, And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said, I thought, man, I just, let me stop right there. As a wicked as man as Balaam is, God talks to him. God talks to him. Don't tell me God don't speak to people. God speaks to people. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto the God, Balak, the son of Zippor, and the king of Moab, have sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, a prevention I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Amen. We find out later in the story that he does go with them. But without the blessings of God. When God puts a woe in front of you, tell you not to go, and you go anyway, you go without the blessings of God. And the course of Balaam is this. He is willing to yoke up with whom he ever can, uh, who he, whatever, whatever way he can, to gain whatever he can get. He's, not, he's doing it for personal gain. He's not doing it for the glory of God. That's the way of Balaam. He has absolutely no strings attached to his life. He is willing to walk along a path with anybody, anywhere, anytime, as long as he feels like he's benefiting him. Balaam wants to hold the hand of God and wants to hold the hand of the world and walk side by side with you, holding both hands. Listen, you cannot make a choice. You've got to make a choice. You either hold the hand of God or you hold the hand of this world. You cannot hold one and hold both of them together and walk. You cannot do that. You either live in one world or the other world. We're living in a church society that wants to hold the hand of God and hold a hand of the world in the church today. Can, can you see why this is so appealing to the church world today? You can see why they're, they're running after the mindset. They're running after it because it looks good. Because of this. I serve God. I worship the Lord. I hear from God. I know the Lord. But I hang out with Balak too. I'm hanging out with the world of course this is appealing to the world today. Of course it's appealing to the church world today. It's the ability to have our cake and eat it too. It's the ability to act like the world, look like the world, and still claim to have a walk with God. This is a consumed on greed, flesh, lust, and covetous. It is the course of Balaam. It is, it is this time we will yoke up and do whatever we need to do with whomever we need to to bring higher tides in. Build bigger buildings. i got to get a bigger congregation. More people in the pews. And I'm willing to sacrifice anything I can do to achieve what I want to do. We see that in churches today. 
We, we can sacrifice the things of God and get more people in the building. Amen. We can sacrifice the word of God and get more people to come in the pews and get more tithes. We can sacrifice that. But I'm telling you, you don't want to sacrifice the things of God in order to get the things of this world. You stop preaching the word of God and start preaching this candy cane and cotton candy and butter pecan ice cream messages, you'll get a thousand people sitting in church and you have to build a building. But I'm looking for somebody that's hungry for the word of God, willing to get inside and start working for God and walking with God and have a desire to serve God. That's what I'm looking for. And it doesn't matter if you've got 40 people, 50 people. I'd rather have 40 people or 50 people that serve God, walk with God, than somebody comes in and be something like a hypocrite. Amen. You can sacrifice. There are churches that have made a mockery today of God. What God has ordained and set up, the spirit of Balaam is tearing down at an alarming rate. I, I, I want the church to make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, when I went into church, I felt uncomfortable. The reason why I felt uncomfortable because I was lost and undone. I was a sinner. I needed, the, the, I needed to, to convict me of my sins, and that's the only way you're going to get it. You come in, you feel all right about the sin you're doing, and they're allowing the things. If, if the preacher and the congregation is doing sin on the platform, then the people in the pulpit and the congregation say, hey, anything goes. We talked about last week, there's got to be rules in the church. And I didn't write the rules. God wrote the rules. You don't like his rules, take it up with him. But there's a point that you got to get to a point that says, stop is enough is enough. But see, they keep changing that stop sign. They keep moving the stop sign. And they just like Schwarzkopf drove a line in the sand and says, they cannot come past here. Church is saying, well, we will not go past here. Well, no, we won't go past here. No. We won't go past the next thing you know, they'll let everything inside the church. Making a mockery of churches today. I, I, I don't understand it. People would rather have a light show, a smoke screen, than to hear somebody just preach the gospel of the Christ. A lot of churches don't suit you, but let me tell you what. I cannot get into a church like that. That's the way, that's the course of Balaam day. Look at turn to chapter 25. See the course of Balaam. They also see the conspiracy of his path. When he tried to curse them, God turned it into a blessing. He cannot beat them through confrontation. He wanted to curse them so Balak couldn't beat them. But he couldn't, so to beat God's people, he had to use infiltration. Verse number one. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. It was Balaam that put it in his ear of Balak. On how to do this. I, I can't curse them. God is not going to let me curse these people. 
But I'll tell you how you can. You can get them yoked up with the world. Get them yoked up with the world. They called the people unto sacrifice of the gods, and the people did eat and bow down to their gods. Now the gods' people are worshiping false gods. You see it? Do you see the conspiracy? And Israel joined itself unto Belphor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. What's going on in the text is why the church world runs after the way of Balaam because it's a conspiracy and a plot of Satan. Listen, the devil is not ignorant. The devil said, well, this new thing come out called the church. I will destroy it. I, I, I will burn them down. I will stake them at the cross and I'll burn them at the stake. Uh, I, I will throw them in the lion's den. Uh, I'll let them get made up. I'm just going to persecute them over and over. I'm going to light a fire over there on them. But, but Satan found out every time he lit a fire on some Christian somewhere else, it just spread more and more and more. He found out that under persecution, the church grew. And, grew, and that's why we're the way we are today. Oh, that's a good one right there. Church ain't growing because there ain't no persecution. Because we can't get committed in ourselves to God. We need somebody else to push us. Amen. So he says, I can't get them that way. It seems like every time I try to persecute them, every time I try to kill them out, they grow and grow. He said, in other words, and so uh, I'll just infiltrate them. I'll go inside where they're at. I'll get to him that way. And he did. He said, I'll, get, I'll beat them by giving them what they want. We're not a persecuted in America. Absolutely not. We're not persecuted. Has anybody ever been slapped for the cause of Christ? Has anybody been held at point, to the point of death, the cause of Christ? You know, there's people that have been giving their lives for Christ all along, all these years, years after year. I have been told that you cannot preach the King James Bible down in Orlando, Florida. I've been told you cannot preach in Romans on the radio no more. We're living in a day where the devil has figured out a way to beat the church. He's beating the church. And it's not through taking things or uh, taking lives. It's through infiltration and giving them everything that the world wants them to have. And they incorporated that into the church services. And it's hindering the work of God. It's robbing them of the power of God because now you've got the world coming inside the church where the power of God is and should be. Now the world is coming in and pushing the power of God out. It said in verse 2, And God's people worship like the heathens. They're bowing down to false gods. I wonder what that would look like. I wonder what it would like if it looked the same way they worship in the tabernacle, in the presence of God. Gone is the old book that the priest used to open up and read. Gone is the old songs they used to sing in praise of God. 
that brought them out of Egypt. Gone is the holiness of the Lord. Now it looks like the world sounds like the world. And it's the world, the, the church world today is running after hard after the spirit of Balaam today. And we see it in all the churches around here today. These mega churches are running after that spirit of Balaam today. Verse 6, it said, And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto the brethren a Mennonite woman in the sight of Moses, in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle congregation. You see the boldness of their parading of their sin? You see the boldness there? <laughs> and it comes right in and sits right on the front pew, right in front of the preacher Moses. He said, what you going to do about it? What you going to say about it? So we got, we got preachers today, sin walks in, sits down in the pews, and they look at you and say, what you going to do about it? What you, hey, what you going to say about it? And we got so many wet back preachers today, they don't want to scare somebody off because, hey, they might tie good, they might be faithful to come to church, but I don't want to run them off because they do good money, they do good work. I don't care. I'm, if you're bold enough to pray your sin in here, I'm going to just be just as bold enough to preach against it. Amen. Amen. So we, don't, we got preachers now that don't preach against sin. You look at the conditions of churches today, everything and everything's in the church today. And I'm not just talking about in the pews. I believe everybody should come to church, get right with God. I believe everybody should. But I, don't believe, I believe there's some places that they are not allowed to be in until they're right with God, sanctified by God. Amen. Well, you just hate them. No, I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I love them. Just don't love that lifestyle they're living Amen. I don't even like a drunkard. Love the drunkard, but don't like the liquor he drinks. I don't do it. He said that they're coming that way, they're parading their sin. And when Phineas, the son of Eleanor, the son of Aaron, the priest saw it, he rose up from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. I ain't going to tell you what, you just get that in your mind, just how that looked when he did that. Amen. Their boldness. These people are daring someone from Israel to do something about their sin. If, I'm just saying, if you're brave enough to come in with your sin and put it on play, I'm brave enough to preach against the sin. Listen, you really don't want a church like that. You don't want a church when anything and everything can come in and walk in and take root. See, what church people do today is they want a preacher on a puppet string. Don't preach against my sin. Don't preach against this. You can preach against about everything, but don't preach against my sin. If you preach against my sin, we're going to cut your strings off. Amen. Some, some preachers are so scared of being fired from the church, they don't preach against anything. Every day is a good day. This is the best day yet. Every day's a Friday. Hockey, I get up on Monday morning, it ain't a Friday. Amen. I have troubles on Tuesdays too. Every day ain't a Friday. Friday. Friday's not a day that I look forward to. Amen. Walk around with a big smile on your face, something's wrong with you. 
They want a preacher that can control and preach only against the things that's not yet relevant to them. Preach about the world, but don't preach about my sin. Don't preach about my alcohol. Don't preach about my drugs. Don't preach about my fornication. Don't preach about my adulteries. Don't preach about that. We can preach about how, how bad the economy is. You can preach against the gas prices, how much bread costs. Amen. You better get right. You better get right. You might, might not be able to go to the place and buy you the food. I'm just telling you, learn how to grow it yourself. It's all you're going to get. Amen. I need, cre- I need a preacher that's going to tend my hide every now and then. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a filthy sinner. I, I need a preaching that's going to get a hold of me and shake me. Say, hey, that's the wrong way. Whoa, don't go that way. We got them that way. We got them that way. Look at chapter 31 and I'm done. I tell you, there's always there's consequences for your actions. Whatever path you're on, there's consequences for that path. Whatever path. We see the conclusion of the way of Balaam, verse number 7 of chapter 31. And they warned against the Mennonites as the Lord commanded Moses, and they slew all the males. Look at the last part of verse 8. By Balaam, Balaam also the son of Beor, they slew with the sword. Lord makes an application of this to, you, to us and to the church. There is consequences for the path that you're on. You go to Revelation, don't turn there. If you go to Revelation's, in verse 14, we read it just a little ago. But I have a few things against thee because thou hast them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who have taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto the idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou to hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which things are hated. Repent or else. We need that is that's written in red in your Bibles. That's 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 the Lord saying that. Repent or else. He say repent or maybe not. He says you got a choice, you can repent or not. No, he said repent or else. That's scary to me. That's scary. And he's talking to the church now. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. Because they had run after the doctrine of Balaam. Watch what the Lord said. I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The Bible says, for the word of God, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharpened to any two-edged sword. You know how God confronts the spirit of Balaam? He uses a man 
and fight against it with the word of God, the sword from his mouth. See, what the point of this preacher? We have a good church. You're right, we do. But the warnings are out there. The warnings for us to took and take and take heed to this. There, there are woes in the, for a reason in God's word. God has warned us over and over. Don't go that way. Stay out of that area. But if it looks so good, and man thinks seems the way to go in the way of Balaam. But the end result of it is the conclusion. The Lord ends up telling the church, if you, if you don't repent and get right, I'm going to take the candlestick out. And the church without a light is nothing but another social club. You don't have the presence of God in the church, you've got nothing. I don't want that. I want to be able to come to church and know the presence of God is always here and living with God and feeling the presence of God. I don't want to go the way of Balaam, but I'm telling you, there is church after church after church going that way today. We need to be careful. You say, well, I, I don't think we'll go that way. I don't think any of the churches thought they would go that way, but they also just let a door open and let it in. And if it gets in, just like to say a snake, if it gets his head inside the crack, can get his body in. The devil knows if he can just get his head inside the church and get into somebody's ear and start speaking in their ears, next thing you know, you got the spirit of Balaam in the church. The way of Balaam, there's consequences. God is telling us, whoa, don't go down that path. I don't know about you, but I like to listen to when God speaks. Amen, amen.